Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. For this reason, <clears throat> Jesus comes to restore all things, to make them like new. There was a uh, television program that was on the History Channel for some reason uh, called American Restoration. Any of you, anybody here ever remember that series? Rick Dale had a, had, don't shake your head at me like it was a program I watched when I was five before you were born, <laughs> Pastor John. <laughs> I, I, it was uh, actually it was a it, it was a great show. Uh, people would bring these these things. They were old. They were dilapidated. They they were falling apart. Uh, uh, sometimes they were cherished uh, childhood possessions, and they would they would bring them to Rick and and uh, and he would say, "Yeah, we can. We'll take care of this." And and then and then he, he and his team would go to work on it. And, and they would take this item that was absolutely falling apart uh, and restore it completely to its pristine condition. And then the people would come back uh, and then they would have the reveal. Uh, and it was very, very touching. I mean, there were, there were times when, when people actually wept when they saw this cherished possession that they had restored to, to pristine condition. I, I was thinking about that show <clears throat> this week as I'm thinking about the reason why Jesus came and how that's reflected in what happens in the 11th chapter in the book of John. If you have your Bibles, open them to the 11th chapter. As a, as, a, as a quick summary, this is all about, Na, about Lazarus. And, and at the beginning of chapter 11, uh, we hear that, that uh, we read that Lazarus is, is sick uh, in Bethany, which is just outside of Jerusalem. And Mary and Martha, his sisters, they send Jesus word. Jesus had left the area uh, because the religious leaders had decided that he needed to die. They were trying to kill him. They wanted to stone him. So he took off and he went to, uh, to the area beyond the Jordan where the baptizer was, had been working. Mary and Martha send one of their friends to find Jesus to let him know that the one he loves is sick. Of course, unbeknownst to the messenger, Lazarus dies before he ever finds Jesus. And Jesus, getting word that Lazarus was sick, hangs out for a couple of more days before heading back to Bethany. His disciples in tow, convinced they are all going to their deaths. And Martha sees Jesus and runs to him and says, you know, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask, God will grant you. 
Jesus did not meet Martha's expectation that as soon as he heard that Lazarus was sick, that he would hightail it back and heal her brother. And yet, her faith was not shaken. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. She says, yep, I know that, the last day. And he says, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And continuing on with verse 28, after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Once more, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor, for he's been in there four days. And then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I, I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. 
Can you imagine what went through the crowd at that moment? It's not hard for me to imagine that there were uh, more than a couple of sets of weak knees at that moment. Maybe a, an audible gasp. No one expected this. There was probably some, some shock, maybe even some fear. Who is this man? And complete and total amazement at what they had just seen. And what were they thinking? Well, we know what they were thinking before this. Martha said it. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary echoes his words. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. The people who were standing there asking the question, could not this man who opened the eyes of a blind man had kept this man from dying? But what I really want to look at this morning is verse 33 through 35. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Why do you think Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. Shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? He knew what he was about to do. And I can't help but think that this table, which was only a couple of weeks in the future, was also on his mind. Which meant the cross was also on his mind. The Bible tells us, but for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. And yet here, he is deeply moved in spirit and troubled, and he wept. Why? I think it was because he was there in the beginning. He who was with God and was God who became flesh to dwell among us was there when God said, let there be light. And when we read the narration of the creation day after day, at the end of every day, it, we are told that God said, it is good. 
And at the end of the sixth day, God said, it is very good. Creation. Beautiful creation. In all its glory. Very good. Until sin enters the equation. And like a precious item from one's childhood, over time, the rust and the decay enters in, and slowly that which was created to be very, very good deteriorates and is destroyed. And Jesus standing there in the face of the death of Lazarus, knowing that this was not a part of God's original creation, seeing the grief and the pain and the, and the suffering that death has brought into the lives of people created in the image of God, How could he not grieve and be deeply moved in his spirit and be troubled by what he was witnessing? How far it had come from those days of glory and splendor to this. And he wept. Indeed, Jesus came to reconcile, heal, and forgive. But he came to restore. He came to make all things new. from the 21st chapter of Revelation. Then I saw the new heaven and the new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with people and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Again, it comes back to the already but not yet. Sometimes it seems like we're in extra innings. We're waiting for the game to conclude. But God is not finished. And there is still space for lament in our lives. There is still time to grieve 
and to be filled with sorrow. But never forget that he is making all things new. Write these down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Write them on your hearts. Write them in your mind. And never let go of the hope that this represents. Jesus wept. And he was deeply moved and troubled in his spirit. Because of how far creation had fallen from its original design. How could he not? But in our lament, in our grief, in our sorrow, let us cling to the hope that is ours. For that day will come. And we already know that the victory is ours. So in our lament, let us always remember to be hopeful for the days to come. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your faithfulness and grateful to know, Lord, that it is okay to lament. It is okay to weep. For we are in the already but not yet. As you continue this process of restoration, remind us, Lord, that we are tools in your hands. Assisting in the restoration made possible by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. You know, in that show, American Restoration, I mentioned that when people went back to receive their, their precious items and saw them completely restored and new, it wasn't, uh, they wept for joy. I don't remember one episode of people bringing something to this guy and weeping in grief, thinking that it was beyond repair. And you know, there are people who think that their lives are so far beyond repair that they never bring them to the one who can restore. And Jesus wept. Because there is nothing that can ever separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that God cannot restore and make new. And that's the hope of the gospel.
And as we share that message of hope, not hoping for a better past, but hoping for a better future, never forget that there is nothing that you can't bring to the Lord for healing, for forgiveness, for mercy and grace, for restoration. That is kingdom living at its best.